the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Now I'm not sure how many of us can uh, read or write or even understand Latin. I know as for myself, I know very little of any of these uh, three things. But there is one Latin phrase that I do know, and if you will permit me, I would like to share this phrase with you. And this Latin phrase that I want to share with you is that of carpe diem. Carpe diem. And in English, that roughly translates to seizing the day or making the most of the day in which we are given. Now, although this phrase, yes, it does mean seizing the day in temporal terms, I also think that it has a sense of application in our spiritual life as well. This idea of seizing the day. Because you see, each day that we are given, that God gives us, is an opportunity to seize the day for Him, for our Lord. Every day is a day to rearrange our priorities and make the things of God a much higher priority than the things of this world, which we so often get sucked into. And since we are in the Lenten season, to seize the most of Lent and to make time to take inventory of our lives, especially during this time, in order to evaluate where we stand, where we stand on our path toward God. And in today's gospel reading from St. Mark, we hear how our Lord really speaks about these priorities, right? He speaks about seizing the day. It speaks about, He speaks about reality, about the ultimate reality. And our Lord poses to us in this particular gospel reading, He poses a question that each of us should ask ourselves every day. Do you remember what that question was? What can a man give in exchange for his soul? Now hopefully, I pray that we should all have the answer to this question that our Lord asks us today in today's Gospel reading. And that answer should be nothing. Absolutely nothing. There's nothing that is worth as much as our eternal soul. All that is corruptible, all the things of this world, all this stuff is passing away. And yes, we may be able to hold on to it for just a little while, but the day will come when we will, we will not be able to. To do that. And when we leave this life, there will be nothing left. It will be between us and our Lord. The only thing that will truly matter at that moment is how close we drew near to our Lord 
or how far away we ran from Him. Underlying the priorities of an Orthodox Christian is the understanding of reality. And that understanding is that this world is indeed passing away. I mean, there can be no denying, right, that the world isn't getting any better with issues of corruption, with death, with sadness, with imperfection, with incompleteness. We see this every day when we turn on our TVs. This is the reality. But just because the world isn't getting any better doesn't mean that we don't and that we lose hope. Because we, as Orthodox Christians, my friends, are called to live in the world, but not be of the world. We are called to make ourselves better. Now, I don't mean to make ourselves better in the way that we think that we are better than someone else. But to better ourselves and returning to this our idea of carpe diem, of seizing the day by drawing close to our Lord with faith, with love, with prayer. And we are called to take up our cross and to follow Him, as it says in today's Gospel. And this is why the church today, on this third Sunday of Lent, gives us the veneration of the Holy Cross. So that the cross of our Lord, which was an instrument of death in the ancient Roman world, has now been turned into an instrument of life. And that cross is ever before us and will be before us as we make a procession with the cross today to remind us, my friends, our dearly beloved in Christ, what our priorities truly are. And I have to say that to many who are of the world, and unfortunately, as sad as it is, too many Christians, the cross is a riddle. It doesn't make any sense. But I want to tell you, dearly beloved, that the cross represents the greatest expression of love and self-denial that mankind has ever been given. Now it's difficult, very difficult, to understand this idea of self-denial, of taking up our cross. But when we choose to enter into the life of Christ and His church, the cross makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Because taking up our cross, it does mean to work, to labor. But it means to work and to labor for a purpose. The salvation of our souls. Right? As Christ said. I mean, no one digs a hole in the ground, right, without a purpose. Our purpose, our labor, is so that our purpose is to become like our Savior. To become God-like. To obtain that likeness of God. So that we will recognize Him each and every day. And that He will recognize us. So that God willing, when we stand before Him on that dredge judgment day, and in His great mercy, we hear the words, 
I know you. I know you. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come and join the angels and the saints. What could be worse than to stand before him on this same day and hear those terrible words? Depart from me because I don't know who you are. I cannot think of a more fearful thing than that, my friends. The way of the cross is the way of life. Losing our life, as it says in the gospel today, doesn't mean it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean to lay down our lives for Christ, but it does mean to conquer our passions, to deny the temptations that come to us, and understanding that our priority is understanding the actual reality of the cross. It is an invitation. It's an invitation. We can liken it to the invitation that Philip gave to Nathaniel in the gospel reading that we heard two weeks ago. Come and see. Come and live the life of Christ. Come experience the cross. Come take up your cross and follow me, Christ says. Now the world presents many illusions, my friends. It presents many lies. And if we live the life of this world, then we will always be led astray. But if we live the life of the cross, then we will always be directed in knowing who Christ is. This is the way of the cross. If we want to share in the joy of His resurrection, then we first must first participate in the struggle, the pain, and the sacrifice of the crucifixion. We must crucify the habits of our thoughts, of our words, of our deeds, and use those to help us crucify and lead us to worship and those things that help us to lead and worship ourselves instead of God and neighbor. We must crucify our pride, our selfishness, and our slavery to pleasure. If we don't crucify these passions, our souls will be too sick, they'll be too dark, and they'll be too weak to share in the glory of that resurrection. Like St. Peter, our great patron, we will think in human terms, not God's. Or how and the reality is that we have no shortage of opportunities to take up our crosses. When we struggle to resist temptation, when we battle angry thoughts against those who have wronged us or somehow irritated us, and when we endure deep sorrows and disappointments with trust in God's faithfulness and mercy, we take up our cross. So as we begin this fourth week of Lent, let us keep our priorities in order, dearly beloved. Look into the great trophy of our Savior's victory over sin and death. The cross, through which joy has come into all the world. And even though it is a struggle that none of us do particularly well, 
Let us put aside our own preferences, our obsessions, in order to take up the cross through prayer, fasting, forgiveness, mending broken relationships, and showing generosity to those in need. Let us offer our lives in free obedience to the Father, accepting whatever pain and struggle there may be in setting things right in our own lives as best as we can. And no matter what burdens we may bear, no matter our frustrations and failures, let us press on to the joy of Pascha. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, participated in death in order to bring us into His life. And we must participate in His death in order to share in the glory of His resurrection. So dearly beloved, I pray, let us deny ourselves. Let us take up our cross and let us seize the day by following Christ. For this alone, this alone is the way to the brilliant light and the eternal blessedness of the kingdom of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen.